1: Everybody, it's Drags. It's Wednesday, December 18th. Time for episode 329 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at CLNSmedia.com and follow us on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. Patriots back on the winning track. They avoided their first three game losing streaks since 2002. They're also back in the playoffs following a 34 13 win over the lowly Bengals Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. They can wrap up their 11th consecutive AFC East title with a win. Over those Buffalo Bills, those pesky and upstart Buffalo Bills, this Saturday afternoon at Gillette Stadium, a 425 kickoff. Here to discuss it all is Zach Cox of com. He was on site at Paul Brown Stadium uh with me uh, on Sunday. A terrific Patriots beat writer and a beast on the rugby pitch. Follow him on Twitter at <laughs> ZachCoxNesson. That is Z-A-C-K-C-O-X-N-E-S-N. How you been?
0: Been good Tregg. It's uh it's been a while since I've been on the uh on it the has podcast. been
1: too long. I appreciate you having me back. Uh it is uh, my sincere pleasure and I got to tell you and this is kind of what I wrote uh, at least in the game story, not my column that I wrote about an hour and a half afterward, but in the game story I wrote that the Patriots woke up just in time and maybe that's overstating it. I mean, they were going to win that game all along. I think anybody who watched the two teams and their um, respective talent bases on each team kind of knew that, but it it was just dangerous enough in the first half to go, boy, the the, the Patriots got to get their game on, not just to win the game, but to get some rhythm for the final two weeks. No, no, I totally agree with that. I I feel feel like the, Pendulum would have
0: have swung back toward the Patriots eventually in this game, just because, as you mentioned, the the talent gap between these two these two teams is just so large. But if you're the Patriots, you really didn't want this game to be. I mean, even if they came away with the win, if this was a, a twenty to sixteen kind of rock fight, scrappy sort of game against a team that they're clearly better than, I think that would have been a uh, a big issue, confidence wise, um, going into these final two games. They really needed a emphatic win and even though you can take away plenty of um, negatives from this game especially on the offensive side they still ended up winning this game by 21 points their defense was phenomenal in the second half really after that uh, that stop that Danny Shelton had on fourth and inches um, on that play really just manhandled the uh, the Bengals guard stopped Joe Mixon for no game after that it was basically all Patriots the rest of the way as soon as they forced uh, Andy Dalton to start throwing the ball around and he started doing what Andy Dalton does and throw four interceptions in the second half. But, yeah, I think it was definitely a, a much-needed – I think s- statement wins a little bit too strong. But it was definitely – they needed to come out and, and sort of impose their
1: will on the Bengals a little bit. And it took a little while,
0: but but they eventually got there.
1: So I will substitute – Statement win for attitude win, and mm. you wrote about uh, Danny Shelton's attitude play on that fourth and inches stop of Joe Mixon in the first half. Uh, that was a big moment in the game, and I think it takes somebody like a Danny Shelton to have – to. Uh, really lay down the law, if you will, and show force at the line, point of attack, whether it's defensive line, offensive line, what have you. But it takes a play like that uh, for the Patriots to really get their mojo back. Absolutely. And it was really kind
0: of a, a three-play sequence in there. It was uh, on second down on that drive. Uh, John Simon went to blitz, noticed that they were throwing a screen past him. Mixon doubled back. It was able to chase him down and tackle him short of the uh, first down marker. Then a couple players stopped Mixon short uh, on the next play on third and one. Uh, I know Juwan Bentley was, was right in the middle there. A couple other players as well. Danny Shelton as well. And then you had the fourth down stop. So I think that three-play swing short sort of just put put out the statement that, okay, the Patriots defense is, has come to play. They, they were a little iffy early in the game. Uh, I don't think they were fully expecting uh, Bengals to go as heavy as they did. They were basically running with Uh, three tight ends and and going with their super jumbo package for for the first couple drives of that game. But once they adjusted personnel-wise and and sort of figured out what the Bengals were trying to do, then it it ended up
1: turning into uh, more of the the game that we were expecting to see. See, I think that is kind of what people were missing uh, a little bit in the first half. Uh, against the Chiefs, I mean, I think the Patriot fans were uh, longing for the Patriots to do something like that against the Chiefs in the first half, and certainly had points uh, in the second half against the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think overall, looking at this this season as a whole, even this last this last um, stretch that obviously hasn't been the best for the Patriots, but their defense has played pretty well overall. They they had some some hiccups against the Texans when. Uh, there, uh, a couple of the guys missed practice while they were sick during the week, and you could tell the linebacking core was a little bit banged up. Holding the Chiefs to 23 points, I think, is a win on, on most nights. And then it, you really just only have that, um, that Ravens game that was really a total disaster for the defense. I, I think that this was definitely, a, a get right game for them, though. I mean, to, to come out and perform the way that they did, uh, especially after a, a bit of a sluggish start, uh, which we've seen from them at times. I, I think it was, definitely sort of shows that this defense, um, well, it hadn't been historically dominant over the last couple of weeks, it's still one of, if not the best defense in the NFL. All
1: right, Point Blank, speaking with Zach Cox of com, doing a great job covering the Patriots along uh, with Doug Kide for com. Stephon Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year in the National Football League. I asked my colleague, um, Evan Lazar about that in our video post-game, and I know you and Doug had a video discussing it, uh, or your video certainly discussed that potential. Right now, I cannot think of a defensive player uh, in the NFL who means more to their team than Stefan Gilmore.
0: Yeah, he needs to be, I think, right now. Um, unless something drastic changes over these last couple of weeks, it's, it's hard to put anybody above him on that list right now. Uh, I remember when this first became a topic uh, four or five weeks ago, and I think it was Bovada, one of those odds services, put out their their odds for Defensive Player of the Year, and Gilmore was was number one on that list, and I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, he's he's had a very good season, but he might have even been a little bit better last year, and and it's just so hard to give an award to give this award to a defensive back just because they never win. I mean, the last defense or the last cornerback to win this award, to win Defensive Player of the Year uh was Charles Woodson in 2000, uh, 2009. Before that, you have to go all the way back to Deion Sanders in 1994. So this is a very front seven pass rusher, uh, interior disruptor award. But with the way that Stefan Gilmore has played these last couple of weeks and this whole season uh, overall, you can't pick out anybody in the league that's having a better season than him. I mean... Yeah, I guess Aaron Donald's still playing well. Yeah, I mean, that, um, so, sure, that's, and that
1: name's going to be there all the time, Zach. You and I both know that. And the only other caveat I would uh, offer to this discussion about Gilmore is a career high six interceptions is is definitely nice. But I think there are voters around the NFL who look at that as a nice but not like out of this world type of number.
0: Yeah, you could definitely look at
1: that, but you also have to look, look at
0: the fact that it's it's tied for first in the NFL uh that number right now and the fact that Gilmore has not allowed a touchdown all season. Uh if you go by some of the, the more advanced metrics, I mean Pro Football Focus has him uh passer rating against thirty two point eight uh the second best in the in the NFL behind only JC Jackson who also had two interceptions in this game. Uh, and I know some other some other charting uh Jeff Howe's charting at the athletic has him even lower, has it at like like twenty or something like that. This this is a, a remarkably good season for Stefan Gilmore and with, with the history that I just said, it has to be a remarkably good season for a defensive back to win this award. And I don't know, I keep going back to, there's nobody that I'm going, that I can put above him on this list right now. Um, and you, you gotta figure he has a, a pretty good chance to add to that interception total against Josh Allen and Ryan Fitzpatrick over these last two weeks too. So yeah, this, at the moment, he, he is the defensive player of the year. Um, and, and,
1: as I mentioned, I, I can't see anybody else taking that away from him. Speaking with Zach Cox covering the Patriots for nessen.com. Football and basketball seasons are in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today. And you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild proposition bets. Who will make the college football playoff final and who will be the NFL MVP? Get the fastest-to-market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head on over to BetOnline.ag today on your mobile device to join and use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Speaking with Zach Cox of nessen.com All right. We mentioned Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. From what you saw Sunday night, um, are you at all concerned that the Bills could come into Gillette Stadium and give the Patriots not only a run for their money, uh, but expose uh, the Patriots offensively what they've been struggling with the last, I don't know, five weeks of the season?
0: I mean, they definitely can.
1: Uh, With the way that the Bills have been playing most of this season,
0: I I thought that they were a little bit, Fool's goal, fools gold. maybe five or six weeks ago when they had that stretch where they lost, to, they lost to the Browns and they lost to the Eagles. At that point, I thought it was it was sort of uh, clock striking midnight on, on the Bills who had a nice start, but they were going to kind of degrade down into mediocrity as they usually do. That hasn't happened. This defense is fantastic. Um, Josh McDaniels today on the conference call that you were also on, tracks. He said uh, this is the best defense of the Patriots this season, and, and they already have faced them once. Um, back in Week Four, very good defense. Offense isn't anything special. Josh Allen's played well this season. He's played better than he did as a rookie. I he's not still a, he still isn't a quarterback I would be particularly afraid of. But with the way that this defense is playing, and with the fact that the Patriots might not have a full strength or almost certainly won't have a full strength Julian Edelman in this game if they have Julian Edelman at all, some of the reports coming out um, about the severity of his his knee injury, it. Might be a case where the Patriots are, would be wise to even, maybe even sit them down for one of these, one or both of these last two games. If you have a shorthanded Patriots offense against this Bills defense, you can definitely envision a scenario of the Bills coming in and winning this game. I still don't think I would pick that to happen, just given the history between these two teams. The fact that the Bills have never beaten Tom Brady at, um, at Gillette Stadium in a game that Brady finished or started and finished, but it's going to be a good game. I mean, I'm, Pretty excited for this game, honestly. We don't usually see we don't get relevant games, right? Yeah, the, the last time I, I was going back last night trying to figure out when the last truly relevant late season AFC East game was, and you probably have to go back to one of those Jets games. Uh, there was the forty-five-three game back in two thousand ten, and there was another one um, in two thousand fourteen or fifteen when both teams were were right around playoff contention. But this very rarely happens. I mean, the last two or three years, when ever since the the NFL decided to backload these divisional games. It's really been the Patriots against some crap Dolphins team or crap Jets team or crap Bills team. This is not a crap Bills team. This is a very good Bills team. So I think it's going to be a good game. Probably a low-scoring game, probably another defensive battle, maybe uh, similar to that 16-10 one that we saw back in week four. But I'm definitely expecting a competitive
1: game. How many people, Zach, have you spoken to in the last two weeks – who have uttered the words, "If it weren't for Josh Allen, I think the Bills could pull this off." <laughs> That's lot, kind of right? the consensus, right? Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I think even with Josh Allen, they
0: can pull this off. Uh, again, I don't think they will pull it off. That that wouldn't be my my prediction uh, at this point. But Josh Allen has been good enough to get them to a ten and four record right now with two weeks left to play. So even though he's, he's not a a good quarterback. I don't think he's not a quarterback that I would uh, go out of my way to have on my team at this point. He's been good enough. um, And good enough is really all you need when you have this defense and you have um, uh, running backs like Frank Gore and Devin Singletary who are both playing pretty well. He got some good receivers around him. Um, Yeah, he's, he's been good enough and that's all that Buffalo needs. So I, I do think, well, it's, tough to imagine um, Josh Allen coming in and being victorious at Gillette stadium. It's, it's possible. It, it's definitely possible. And anybody that doesn't think it's possible, I don't think that they've watched enough bills this season or followed along with the bills enough, but I think they're going more on uh,
1: more on bill's history than, than bill's presence. Uh, the game I go back to is uh, the fourth week of the season, September 29th at Ralph Wilson stadium. If Josh Allen takes better care of the football in that game, I think the Bills win the game, and that's what I felt going into the game. It's what I felt during the game. It's what I felt after the game, and more to the point, I think it's, again, what I feel heading into Saturday afternoon. If he takes care of the football, I think they have a very good chance of winning. But remember, he had three picks, no touchdowns, had a – 24 rating in that game he was 13 of 28 153 yards which believe it or not Tom Brady uh, on Sunday in Cincinnati was 15 of 29 for 128 that's another story for uh, another part of this uh, podcast but you you get what I'm saying if Josh Allen takes care of the football that's to me how they pull off the upset
0: oh yeah those are some bad interceptions too that he threw in that first game they were just kind of heaving the ball up in the air and hoping something would happen now they're some pretty easy interceptions for, for J.C. Jackson, uh, if I recall correctly, in that game. But, yeah, the Patriots, even in that game with how Josh Allen played, they needed a block punt touchdown to win that game. So that that's a game that very easily could have gone the Bills' way. And I think the biggest uh, statement on, on this Bills' defense is the way that Tom Brady acted after that game. That week four game was really the birth of salty Tom Brady who's not happy with the performance of the Patriots' offense. I, I remember – being in the the post game press conference when hit with him after that game, and it wasn't quite to to the level that it was in Philadelphia a couple of weeks later. But you could tell that he was very frustrated with the way that the offense was performing in that game. And well, wow, there there have been some some peaks and valleys since then. It hasn't really tremendously improved. This has been a thing that the Patriots have been dealing with all season. And again, it's it's very, it's going to be very important to uh, kind of be executing that at the highest level against the defense that is probably one of the best two, three, four in the NFL.
1: Well, that also was the game, I believe, where Antonio Brown, that was the first game without Antonio Brown, who was released by the team. If I, Am I remembering that correctly? Because he played in Miami, and then uh, week three against the Jets, he was on the field for that one or not? No, the Miami game was the only game it, he played in. Right, I, I
0: believe he was released. Least right before that Jets game. Um, That's right, that Friday or something like that. He I'm was. not sure the exact timeline, but he definitely his only game was the Miami game.
1: Yeah. So, but my my general point here, Zach, is that he was the salty Tom really started to uh, make himself known because he realized there was a turnstile of wide receivers on this team. Yeah. Yeah. That game,
0: I I, I remember. Um, Let me go back and check out the stats in that game. But I remember Josh Gordon not doing a whole lot in that game. Uh, Julian Edelman even didn't have particularly good stats. Yeah, Julian Edelman had four catches for 30 yards. That was the week after he got hurt against the Jets. He suffered his initial injury uh, and missed the second half of that game and was clearly limited in this game. Yeah, Josh Gordon, three catches. Philip Dorsett, two catches on nine targets. Um, So, yeah, that was definitely um, a a game that was very – um, a, a very tough sledding for, for the Patriots offense. It was basically just James White who had eight, eight catches on 10 targets, uh, 57 yards. That was pretty much the uh, the, the bulk of, of the Patriots receiving production. Tom Brady, 18 of 35 for 150 yards and interception, no touchdowns in that game. So, yeah, not a, def- definitely not a, an ideal performance from the Patriots offense and really the first time this season that we saw them really struggle.
1: Speaking with Zach Cox of Nesson.com, just about every man over the age of 25 has experienced some sort of erectile dysfunction issue, and for some, it's more than just occasional. Guys, now you can avoid the time and the embarrassment of going to the doctor and get ED drugs like Viagra or Cialis by just calling Healthy Male. Healthy com has been ...around helping men discreetly for over 20 years and have prescribed almost, get this, 3 million prescriptions online. There's no need to visit your local gas station and buy some phony snake oil treatment that has zero chance of making any difference. Most orders are shipped in a day with discreet packaging right to wherever you are. That's home, office, hotel, vacation destination, heck, even FedEx pickup location. And the best part, unlike most companies online, there's no subscription service that you have to cancel. HealthyMail.com will ship your pills when you order them and will never automatically charge your card monthly. Right now, Healthy Mail, offering to my listeners... Patriots Beat listeners, you loyal listeners out there. 20 pills for $49, and that includes a doctor's prescription and free shipping. Order online at www.healthymail.com, or you can always call 1-877-4-VIAGRA. That's 1-877, the number 4, V-I-A-G-R-A. And be sure to mention my offer code, BEAT, B-E-A-T, to get the 20 pills for $49. Requests for medication, uh, medications are not guaranteed and must be approved by a U.S. licensed physician. So once again, call 1-877-4-Viagra to see if you are indeed eligible and avoid the doctor visits for your ED once and for all. And mention my offer code BEAT, B-E-A-T. Back with Zach Cox of Nesson.com. And I want to get your impression. Uh, Zach, of the news that broke on Monday afternoon about Josh Gordon. Uh, He has again been suspended indefinitely by the (laughs) National Football League. Uh, for uh, violation of the substance abuse policy. Uh, The statement by the NFL spokesperson, Josh Gordon of the Seahawks, has been suspended indefinitely without pay for violating the NFL policies on performance-enhancing substances and substances of abuse. What was your reaction? It's sad, honestly. It's it's unfortunate.
0: It's also, unfortunately not particularly surprising just given his history in the league and in all the the substance abuse issues that he has had. I, I believe this is his fifth suspension um by the NFL since he came into the league in in 2011 or 2012. So it's it's unfortunate for for him as as a human, you just want him to to get his life straight, get his life kind of back on the right track and football is is really secondary to that. Um but yeah, it's I don't think anybody is is truly surprised just given how how much of this stuff that he's been through in the past, unfortunately.
1: Well, this is very different than Antonio Brown. And I think a a lot of Patriot fans feel differently about this story than they would for um, Antonio Brown. And so many people wanted to see Josh Gordon do well. And, you know, I think when you boil it all down, this is an addiction issue – and you you want Josh Gordon to get some type of help. However, I'm going to throw in there the caveat that, you know, if it is, and we don't know, but if it is marijuana, there's going to be a tremendous backlash uh, for uh, by fans and certainly by a lot of players. We already know that Rob Gronkowski is on the CBD uh, train there to try and get that legalized. The NFL needs to go to the to the point where MLB has gone and legalize it, if that's indeed what it is.
0: No, I, I definitely agree with you on that point. Um, again, we don't really know what it is. We've never really known Absolutely, what right the exact, the exact cause of, of any of these um, suspensions have been. I did find it interesting that in the, the announcement the Seahawks made, they said it was for violating the substance abuse policy and the performance-enhancing substances vol- policy. So who knows what exact substance... Would have set off both of them. That his could be, things, though. That, was multiple, it, it,
1: yeah, not multiple to cut you off, but successful. right. They, yeah. they intentionally make that vague so that you can't tell one way or another why uh, yeah. a player has been suspended. That, yeah, that's the I, way I read that. Gotcha. Yeah. I, it, it just struck me
0: that, that they mentioned both of them. It said, because there are, they are two separate policies. So, so the fact that they mentioned that he was suspended on both counts was was interesting to me. Again, who knows exactly what the reason uh, for that was. But, yeah, that that was just something that caught my eye on that.
1: When I tweeted out what I tweeted out on Monday afternoon, that, you know, this isn't the Patriots' problem, people took that. And I understand those fans out there that would take that as kind of harsh and not being sensitive to what Josh Gordon is going through. But I think when you boil this down to a football issue for the Patriots, it's business, and – Obviously, the Patriots did go through this in 2018, and it worked out fine for the Patriots. They won another Super Bowl, but given what's happened this year and given all of the uncertainties already in the wide receiving core, I don't think they wanted to deal with this going down the stretch.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the very least, I definitely don't think you're going to be seeing the uh, the Twitter mentions that we've seen in the last couple of weeks about how, why did the Patriots get rid of Josh Gordon? Their receiving core is trash without him. Why, why what is the reason for this? They let him go for no reason, yada yada yada. I, I think if if I don't again, I don't know the exact reason why the Patriots got rid of him. Whether that was more football related than off the field related, but the fact that this is coming up, you you have to imagine the the Patriots at least had sort of some inkling that he he just wasn't
1: in the uh, wasn't in the proper place. It also could be, and this again, it's speculation, but kind of what we do is, you know, if. It was about work ethic, and there have been questions about Josh Gordon's work ethic in the past. One, in the Patriots' eyes, could lead to the other, you know, and one could uh, eventually um, turn out to be a cause of another. And if you follow where I'm going with this, you know, perhaps that's what the Patriots saw coming down the pike. That, that's, that's definitely a possibility for sure. Uh, I want to get your read now. Speaking of receivers, and we'll finish up with Tom Brady. We mentioned and I threw out those numbers: fifteen of twenty nine, one hundred twenty eight yards. But he did have the two touchdowns, and uh, now one behind Peyton Manning. Uh, Five hundred thirty eight, I believe, is the number all time uh, touchdown passes for Brady. Is Nikhil Harry going to be able to help them out in the playoffs? I
0: think I think he can. Uh, honestly, I was very impressed with McKeel Harry in this game, which is kind of weird just looking at his his stat line. I mean, he had two catches for 15 yards. He did have the touchdown. Uh, and then he had uh, one carry on an end around, one carry on a jet sweep. And that was basically it. But he also had the, the long diving catch that was was called back for, for a false start uh, by Julian Edelman. He also was just, the way that they were using him they were using him a lot differently than they used him in his first couple of games. And in those games, it was basically stick him out wide somewhere, uh, never bring him in motion, never do anything really different with him um, and just have him kind of run very simple routes. Uh, in this game, they, they lined him up all over the field. He lined up on both sides of the formation and the slot on the wing. Uh, they even did some, some weird kind of tight end blocking stuff with him. Uh, he came in motion a couple of times. He had that end around. He also faked a couple of end arounds. They were just, they were moving him all over the place and, and really just utilizing him in many different roles, which to me shows that they think that he can handle that type of responsibility because it takes a lot more uh, intellect and, and football IQ when you're doing all of those things in one game than when your, your only job is to basically line up in one spot and run whatever route they tell you to. And that shows, to me, that shows growth, growth that shows trust, that shows that the Patriots are happy with the way Nikhil Harry is progressing. Now, again, he, he only had two catches in this game. He had two carries. It, it really wasn't a, uh, a breakout performance or a dynamite statistical performance. But to me, it was very promising, and it showed that he can be – or at least the Patriots believe that he can be a weapon for them moving forward into the playoffs. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues this trajectory that by the time the playoffs come, he's their number two receiver behind Julian Edelman. Uh, and right, uh, On Sunday, he kind of split that role – with Mohamed Sanu, who's probably still not 100% healthy with that ankle injury. Uh, And then we barely saw Philip Dorsett or Jacoby Myers at all in this game. So this was a huge step forward, I think, for Nikhil Harry. And I definitely feel a lot better about his chances of actually helping this team. Uh, I feel a lot better about that today than I did even last week after that play he made against Kansas City.
1: And it was not insignificant, Zach Cox of com, that Bill Belichick – Heralded his ability, his physical strength, and his intelligence, not to get pushed out of bounds on his touchdown reception, um, as the Bengals uh, defender was trying to, you know, rub him to the outside and make him ineligible at least immediately. Um, Nikhil Harry stayed in bounds, and Bill Belichick noticed that detail.
0: Yeah, that definitely showed some. That, that showed some good connection with with Tom Brady on that play too, because he he ran a corner. Uh, into the the corner of the end zone and then when when Brady stepped up in the pocket Keel Harry knew to to move from his spot to get to a place where where Tom Brady could feed him the ball and, and he did I mean he made a nice play to to as you mentioned stay in bounds fought through a little bit of a grab from the cornerback and the catch he made wasn't was it was a pretty impressive catch in its own right it was kind of a low throw he had to sort of dive slide to to bring it in and then took a Uh, Pretty hard hit down on the ground, but overall, it was uh, an extremely impressive play by Nikhil Harry, and as you mentioned, from from talking to Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels today, they clearly feel the same way.
1: Well, there's a lot to look forward to in the final two weeks, and then uh, as the Patriots get ready for their 11th consecutive appearance in the AFC playoffs, uh, a lot to look forward to and a lot to digest, and um, we made it this far, Zach Cox, without talking about the stupidest uh, controversy of the season. Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> I am proud of you. I just hate that. Give me 30 seconds on what you what you think will happen with that um, story and what uh, the implications could be for the Patriots going forward.
0: Uh, I think it will be a fine. Uh, I would be a little surprised if they lost a the draft pick. Um, if they do, it would probably be a late-round draft pick. I, I can't see this – coming anywhere close to to the original Spygate punishment or the deflate gate punishment or anything like that. I just think it's too benign, the fact that it's more about stupidity than about nefarious intent. I, I can't see, nothing that I've seen so far suggests to me that the Patriots did this as a, a way to try to cheat and to try to gain an advantage. It was just a guy filming a documentary who didn't know the rules and violated the rules. The Patriots did violate the rules. They absolutely deserve to be punished for this. Right, and I think no, I, I I just think the punishment, it's the punishment should sort of fit the the crime and the level of intent, which I don't think was really there. So I think this is a fine. If they're going to take away a draft pick, maybe a late round draft pick at most, but anything more than that, I think would be uh, overkill in this situation.
1: All right. I want to thank Zach Cox of Nesson.com for joining me today on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Please be sure to follow him on Twitter at Zach Cox. That would be Z-A-C-K-C-O-X. And then the letters N-E-S-N. That would happen to be his employer. He also is a co-host of Nesson's Patriots Podcast. So be sure to check that out. And, um, you are a University of New Hampshire alum, and I'm going to give you 30 seconds here. Charles River RFC, what is yes. it? Yes,
0: it's the uh, rugby club that I play for in Boston, or kind of formally play for. I'm basically retired at the moment. Uh, unfortunately, I think my playing days are done. But uh, anybody looking to play rugby in the Boston area, Charles River Rugby Club, the uh, the best possible club that you can play for. So uh, get at me if you're uh, if you're interested in that.
1: Excellent, Zach. Thanks so much. Also want to thank our great sponsors, Betonline.ag and HealthyMail.com. For producer Michael Angi and the founder of the network, Nick Shelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media.